Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Funeral Fact Podcast. I'm Jeff Casper. Today, we are going to be talking about the Roman Catholic uh, burial customs and traditions. We're very fortunate to have with us Monica Williams. She is the director of Catholic cemeteries for the Archdiocese of San Francisco. Welcome, Monica. Thank you. It's so nice to be with you. Well, now, first of all, um, how did you get in the, the cemetery business? There's a number of vocations out there, and I'm always amazed at finding what brought people to uh, what they're doing. Well, and I love that you use the word vocation, because that's what it has been for me. Uh, I was a little detour on my planned career path. I was always going to be a teacher. Uh, but along the way, while I was in college, I was offered an opportunity to get a summer job working as an office temporary here at Holy Cross Cemetery. And I did that and fell in love with the cemetery and the history and the ability to help people at a really important time in their lives. And so uh, from that point, I changed my plans and went on to become a funeral director and have worked in funeral homes and or cemeteries for uh, close to 30 years now. It's funny how a summer job can change the whole direction of your life without even really meaning to. It did indeed. And I, and I do think, again, your word vocation is, is a very good one for this field because those of us who work with families, uh, either on the cemetery or funeral side, I think we really do feel that we are called to do this. And, and that it is something more than, than just a nine-to-five. In fact, it's rarely a nine-to-five job. Over the website, and, and it always it amazes me that the number of services, and of course, uh, like most crises, uh, death very infrequently happens between nine and five, like you had said. Now, you, you had mentioned the, the history of uh, the Holy Cross uh, cemeteries. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, Holy Cross Cemetery here in Colma was established in 1887, so we have just celebrated 130 years of serving the Catholic community in the San Francisco area. And our predecessor began in 1860 in San Francisco, Calvary Catholic Cemetery, which was eventually closed and, and moved here to Holy Cross. And because Holy Cross was the primary Catholic cemetery for the city of San Francisco for many years, there are a lot of prominent names here that figure in the history of San Francisco. Uh, people like Governor Brown and Mayor Moscone's families, and of course, Joe DiMaggio, who's here with us. Amazing. You know, I had an opportunity to meet uh, Joe DiMaggio. My aunt and him were actually friends. Uh, she lived to be 104. Uh, but one day we were just in the city and happened to be going to lunch and he was sitting alone, and uh, my aunt, being completely my aunt the way she was, looked over and uh, very loudly said, Joe, what are you doing here? And the next thing you know, I'm uh, having lunch with Joe DiMaggio, who I only knew at that time as the Mr. Coffee guy. Uh, <laughs> of course, I learned a great deal more during that lunch, but uh, that was fascinating. It's uh, a wonderful story, and, and San Francisco... Uh, though a major metropolitan area, is still a very small city in so many ways, and so many people have those stories that relate to people who are buried here at Holy Cross, and we always love to hear those stories, and they, they really knit our community together in so many ways. 
another synchronicity, because I, I don't believe in coincidence, the first boat that I owned was moored next to the Jolton Joe, which I guess was his boat when he played ball. Uh, somebody had, I think the city of Martinez or some family of Martinez had given him this boat. And so uh, for the first five years that I had uh, our my boat uh, moored in Martinez, I was right next to Joe DiMaggio's boat. Now, it wasn't in the condition I believe he ever took it out in uh, when I saw it, but it was just uh, kind of neat when I got the slip assignment and looked who was next to me. Uh, I thought that was, a, 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 again, just a, another synchronicity to bring things together. Yes, lots of, lots of ties, lots of stories uh, that connect us here in this area. Now, Monaco, one of the things that, that folks go to uh, when they go to a, a funeral, they don't necessarily know what to expect, uh, particularly if it's at a, a church. Uh, can you kind of walk me through the, the, uh, the Catholic traditions uh, that uh, are offered there? Sure. The Catholic uh, Church has a really well-defined funeral ritual that actually takes place in three stages when it is done in its fullest expression. And so the first piece is what we call the vigil, or what some people may have remembered referring to as the rosary. Uh, and what it is is usually the evening prior to the main funeral service, and it's a gathering of family and friends. It's that time where we really begin to confront the reality that this death has taken place, begin to gather together as family and friends and community to support each other and to begin telling the story of that person. And we keep vigil with the deceased at that time. And so the Catholic uh, vigil service usually has uh, readings from scripture and a psalm and prayers that bring us into that moment. And for those of us who, who remember, the rosary was quite often part of that evening prayer together and still is quite often incorporated into that vigil service. And then the second of the three parts then is the funeral mass. And for Catholics, the mass is the central worship piece in our faith tradition. And so we gather at the church to celebrate mass with the casket present. And the mass is a thanksgiving. It is a giving thanks to God for the life of this person and returning that person into God's care with our prayers. And so we pray together for that person and for each other. And then the third piece is at the cemetery, and that is the rite of committal. When we actually bring the person to the cemetery and say our final goodbyes physically to each other and knowing in, again, the context of our faith, that we will meet again, but not physically here on earth. So that is the last piece of the Catholic funeral rite in its traditional format. Now, at the, at the Mass, uh, is there uh, generally a communion service as well? Is that part of the Mass, or not always, sometimes? For most practicing Catholics, uh, the funeral mass would include uh, the communion uh, liturgy. However, there are a lot of people who were born Catholic and perhaps are no longer practicing or perhaps um, married into a Catholic family, but they themselves were not Catholic. And there is a funeral liturgy that is also uh, available to us that does not include the communion rite. 
and just is a scripture-based service of prayer and readings. Uh, but does not have communion, and that's sometimes very appropriate for families who are not uh, either fully practicing the Catholic faith or who feel more comfortable having a less formal uh, liturgy. And that can be done either in a church or it can uh, very often be done right in the funeral home or at the cemetery chapel itself. That was actually my next question was, uh, do you need to have a funeral service or a funeral mass, I should say, at a church or could it be done at a, a, a funeral home or a chapel uh, that's affiliated with a funeral home? Yes, yeah, so generally speaking, if it is a full traditional Catholic mass with uh, communion, that's usually done in your parish church. Uh, but uh, any type of funeral liturgy without communion, where it is a prayer and scripture service, can be done at the cemetery again or at the funeral home. Uh, there's a little more flexibility there. Oh, um, you know, when, when for instance, if, if someone is not Catholic and they are attending a funeral uh, mass at a, at a church uh, and, and everybody starts to file up, to go take communion. Um, what should someone who's a, a non-Catholic, not, not saying necessarily a non-believer, but, but uh, uh, isn't, isn't a Catholic per se, what should they do when that happens? Should, uh, you know, it, it's almost like there's a peer pressure to go do something. What, what do you suggest to uh, someone like that? Yes, um, certainly, especially if it's, um, if it's a large service and everybody appears to be going up to communion, I can certainly see that it could be an awkward moment. Do I, do I sit? Do I stand? Do I go? And there are two choices, and one is you can certainly remain uh, seated uh, in the pew or in the chairs uh, waiting for everyone else to return for communion, and that would not be unusual at all. And, and certainly in, in our very multicultural community, we know that there are a variety of different faith traditions and uh, people that we work with, people that we encounter in our neighborhoods and communities. And so at our funerals, we know there are people who come from all different backgrounds and may not be practicing Catholic or maybe members of very different faith traditions. And so being seated would not be unusual in the context of a funeral mass. But the other option, and this is, I think, always a very nice way of being included in that rite, is that you can come up in the line for communion and approach the priest and simply fold your arms so that your hands are touching your shoulders. And that would be the position where the priest would know you are coming forward not to receive communion, but he will offer you a blessing and, and, and give you a brief blessing uh, rather than communion. And that way you can still be part of, of the ritual, uh, but to the level that is more appropriate to your own uh, involvement in the, in the faith. Excellent. Now, um, at the... Um, I, I was stuck in my, my old ways of thinking the rosary um, or the vigil. Um, is, is traditionally, is the casket open at that point? I know some people are, are a little uncomfortable um, with an open casket, uh, as well as at the mass. I presume at the, at, the, at the cemetery, at the committal, it would be closed. But um. So the decision to have a casket open or closed is always entirely up to the family. 
and and their level of comfort. For some people, it's very important to see their loved one that one last time to say their goodbyes. Sometimes it can be very helpful if the person has has been um, sick for a while and you can see them finally at peace. For other people, it's a very emotional and difficult time, and, and that's just something they don't want to have to, to go through. And of course, sometimes, unfortunately, there are traumatic deaths which make it, it hard to, to give that peaceful memory back to the family. So that's a very personal decision to have the casket open or not. Uh, and if it is going to be open, it is usually open during the vigil or the rosary where people are coming together to visit for the first time. It is then, uh, if you have a full Mass with communion, it is closed during the Mass because the focus is really on our, on our Mass and our prayer together at that point. If you have a funeral liturgy without communion uh, outside of the church, the casket can be open again at, at the family's discretion if they wish. And then, yes, once you arrive at the cemetery, the casket is usually closed. Very good. Well, Monica, we are up against a break. So when we come back, we'll continue our discussion. And to our listeners, I thank you again for all of your great comments, as well as the folks who have joined us in subscribing in Japan, in uh, Slovakia, as well as United Kingdom, in the Netherlands, and Belgium. Uh, it's great to have uh, all of you come on board, as well as, of course, our friends here in the United States, where we originate our broadcast. You can always find out what upcoming shows uh, are on the schedule, as well as how to contact our guests at our website, which is funeralfact.com. And we'll be right back after this break. Imagine if I told you that an earthquake was going to hit tomorrow right where you live. That it would be 6.5 in magnitude with aftershocks occurring twice 25 minutes apart. You'd no doubt talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true, I can't tell you an earthquake will happen tomorrow. But what if it does? Shouldn't you have a plan? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I improved my credit score. You're kidding, right? Uh, no. How are we supposed to be the bad boys of Electrosynth Pop if you're out there being responsible? The band is about to be discovered. This is our year. Uh, yeah, you've been saying that for a while now. You think anyone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was worried about their credit score? I never really thought that Of we were... course they weren't. Rock stars aren't supposed to think about that kind of stuff. We're supposed to think about how many guitars we've smashed, write aggressively sensitive power ballads, start questionable fashion trends, tragically break up and blame creative differences. All right, all right, just... I thought maybe it was time to take control of my finances, you know? Start using a budget. Get out of debt. Set some goals. A budget? Debt? Set some goals? 
Listen, I knew that we'd have our creative differences, but I was hoping they'd involve a little more scandal. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Brian Cranston for the Will Rogers Institute. There are lots of things in life that can take your breath away. Your first love, seeing the world. But life isn't the only thing that can take your breath away. Asthma is responsible for more sick days and ER visits than any other condition. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. There are many good reasons to be left breathless. Help make sure asthma isn't one of them. The Will Rogers Institute, since 1936. All right, and we are back with Monica Williams. She's the director of Catholic Cemeteries for the Archdiocese of San Francisco. And uh, we've been talking about really what uh, the Roman Catholic funeral uh, rites as well as customs are. And uh, Monica, I want to thank you. You've been very informative as we've gone through this. And uh, I, one of the questions that our, our listeners had uh, which was, uh, which actually relates to uh, the uh, Brian Cranston announcement that we had uh, during the break. Um, she has asthma, and so she's very sensitive to different um, incense and smells, that kind of a thing. Um, and she wanted to know if if all funeral services had the incense or or not. So sorry, you cut out there, and I didn't oh. catch the last part of what you said there. No, I'm I'm sorry. Um, the the listener had a, a question about. Uh, I believe that incense is part of of the uh, mass service, and she's very sensitive to. Uh, she has asthma, and a, a very different uh, uh, smells or or smoke can choke her up and, and cause her difficulties. And she wanted to know if that was still part of the Catholic Mass, or is that optional? Yes, and that's a, that's a great question. Uh, that is typically part of the Mass itself, and a Mass wherein there would be a communion service. So typically it would not be present at the vigil, it would not be present at the cemetery, and if you had just a funeral service or memorial service or liturgy at a funeral home, it would typically not happen there. But when you have a traditional Catholic funeral mass, the incense is part of that rite. It happens at the very end of the mass, so um, presumably if you're just attending as a guest or a friend, you could just step out of the church. Uh, just before the end of the church and avoid that, because it is a very powerful uh, scent. I, I certainly understand that. If you're part of the family and, and the immediate family, and, and it would not be appropriate to skip that piece of the service, that's absolutely a conversation you should have with the priest who is setting up the services. There are a, a number of places where you can make some changes and do some things that can customize parts of the Catholic ritual, and you would want to talk to your priest about that concern. Uh, excellent. And now uh, we'll kind of move. We've been going through the different um, uh, types of or elements of the services. Uh, when you go to the committal service at the um, uh, cemetery, um, do you have to uh, 
we had a listener who said, do I have to watch uh, the person's body being lowered? And again, that's, that's uh, something they're not comfortable with, or I would presume uh, being placed into a mausoleum if they're, or a crypt if they're not going in, into the ground. Is that something that's part of that, or uh, does it depend again on the family? That always depends on the family. So the family uh, is the one who makes that decision. So again, if you're coming as a guest or a friend, uh, and something like that is of a concern to you. When you arrive at the cemetery, you might want to check with the funeral director or the cemetery manager who's on site and ask, are you expecting to lower the casket or to place the casket? Because I'd like to leave just before that happens. And we're certainly sensitive to that. Uh, when we talk with families about that, the family makes the decision about whether or not they want to simply conclude the services after the prayers have been said and leave prior to the casket being moved into the grave or into the crypt, or if they want to watch that part of it. It's entirely up to the family. Some people want to have that, that final moment uh, closure, some people may call it. For some people, again, it's a very emotionally tinged moment, and they would prefer to conclude everything without watching the casket be, be placed away from them. Now, in various funerals that we've seen on television or in movies, which I'm sure were accurate to a T, uh, but part of that ritual is after they've lowered the casket, then everybody throws a flower or, you know, something. Usually they have some flowers uh, uh, near folks. Is that part of the ritual or is that just something that they make up for television? <laughs> Um, I'm not sure if it started on television or in an actual cemetery. <clears throat> it is uh, certainly much more common today, very common for people to uh, break down some of these standing floral pieces that may have been sent and begin to uh, hand them out to people in attendance and allow them to pass by the grave and to toss a flower in. It's also a tradition in some cultures, uh, Irish, um, Middle Eastern, to take a handful of soil and to throw it into the grave. And so most cemeteries are very accommodating as to the cultures and traditions and customs of the various people that we deal with. Uh, and of course, when you live in an area, uh, as we do in the Bay Area, there are so many different cultures and traditions uh, and faiths uh, that intersect, we have borrowed from each other quite a bit. And so sometimes our, our traditions have been a, become a hybrid of what we see around us. Well, I, I, I agree with you 100% in that vein. Now, I'm going to switch gears a little bit because, of course, you are the director of Catholic Cemeteries. Um, and you had mentioned that uh, Holy Cross... Uh, Catholic Cemetery in uh, Colma has been around for uh, since the uh, 1860s, I believe. Well, no, that was 1870s, I think, uh, was when uh, you moved from the other place. Um, is there still room left? I mean, that's a lot of uh, folks that have been buried there. Uh, there is still room left. We are the very fortunate beneficiaries of an initial purchase uh, back in the 1800s of 300 acres of land, and we uh, actively operate this cemetery on 200 of those, 
and have not exhausted all of that yet and have another hundred that is not developed. Uh, so we have enough land to serve our community here for several hundred years yet. Amazing. And one of these days I'm going to try and make a trek out there just because of the history uh, that is represented at, at a, a cemetery that has been around for so long. And like you mentioned, uh, so many legendary folks from San Francisco and, and the uh, uh, folks that helped build the area uh, are buried there. And that's, that's amazing to me. I did have one other question that had come in that I, I overlooked, and, and um, then our, our time is just about up. But um, the question came up about uh, cremation. And are the, are the funeral practices the same if, if someone chooses to be uh, cremated versus uh, actually buried or placed in a, in a uh, crypt? All the same rites are absolutely available to someone who chooses cremation. So some families do want to go through the traditional funeral experience of the vigil and the funeral. And if they were choosing cremation, at the time that the funeral concludes, the casket is taken to the crematory and cremated. And then later the cremated remains in the urn are brought to the cemetery and the committal takes place. But quite often uh, people have also chosen to have um, a memorial service, either a memorial mass or a memorial prayer service, uh, where the body is not present for that. And that is also an option. The church prefers that we walk through the traditional rites of the church. We think there is some, some value in doing that together to support each other and pray together. But we certainly understand when, for reasons of of family practice or economics or convenience that just does not work out for the family. And so you can certainly have a memorial mass. You can have a mass with the urn present containing the cremated remains. Or you can have a gathering just at the cemetery to commit the urn into the grave or niche at the cemetery. So all of the rites are always available. Uh, and. With cremation, there certainly can be a little bit more flexibility in terms of the timing of things. Well, Monica, our, the clock has gotten to us. I don't know how time flies so quickly, but it does. And I want to thank you. You've been an absolutely uh, phenomenal guest and, and given certainly me and I'm sure our uh, listeners around the globe at this point uh, a great insight on the the rituals of the uh, Catholic Church uh, for when your loved one passes away. Now, to our listeners, I do encourage you to go to iTunes or to the Google Play Music Store and subscribe, as well as uh, take a moment out and rate and review us if you would, especially on iTunes. That helps uh, keep us up in the ratings. It's amazing. We debuted the podcast in uh, the beginning of June, and less than a month later, uh, we've already populated to over 17 countries around the globe. Of course, visit our website at funeralfact.com. Uh, give us your feedback, give us your show suggestions, and we will uh, continue to incorporate those into our schedule as we move along. And until next time, good night and good luck.
The preceding broadcast is copyright 2017 Casper Media. All rights reserved. <laughs>